0: Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan
1: Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, Young Adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview Dr. Patricia Beckman Wells. She's an independent filmmaker based out of Los Angeles, California. Her animated film runs the spectrum from documentary to fantasy, and they have toured internationally over 200 festivals. She is the alumni of major film studios such as Walt Disney Animations, DreamWorks, Warner Brothers Digitals, Film Roman, among others. And she is also a professor over at IBC, and we're gonna be diving deep into the world of art, virtuality, immersive technology, and so much more. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome my friend, Dr. Patricia Beckman-Wells. Hey, Patricia. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining me today.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, We're in my studio right now, so nice to meet you.
1: I I love it. I love it. I see. Is that a tiger's head we got floating in the background?
0: Yeah. That's actually a backpack, but
1: I like it. Don't, don't let any tigers come across you, man. That's uh, that's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So is that your area for like artistic creativity? Or is that for like what you do during the day? Or like what what is that room primarily used for?
0: Well, since COVID, it's turned into my office. But normally, this is where I, I type out my films and hmm. play VR, uh, test out whatever I'm building. It's Ooh. the top deck of a, a barn.
1: Nice. So you you probably got a lot of like foot space to be able to VR in over there.
0: Yeah, it's smaller up top. You know, maybe sixteen by fourteen. I should move a lot of stuff downstairs. I just haven't done it yet. You know, I I prefer doing sit down stuff on VR anyhow.
1: Uh, What what VR headsets are you rocking right now?
0: Well, right now I have the old ones, and I have uh, the. Well, I have three different sets. These okay. are what I started out on, and they still work, so I let my son use these. Um,
1: uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the old.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I For also wrist. have the Touch, a pair of the Touch, and a pair of the Go.
1: Oculus Touch, is that the, uh, so it's the one, is it, is it, so the Go is the one that was just the mobile phone, pretty much. yeah. And the touch ones are, it's the one that's plugged into the computer. Is that what you're referencing? The rift? Well,
0: this one here. And then oh god, what is the new Oculus called? the, I have quest? the new one. Yeah, the quest. the quest.
1: Got it. Okay, okay. So you're rocking the quest.
0: Yeah, okay. those
1: three. Great, 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 great. Um uh, I don't know if you ever heard of this, but there's uh one of my favorite applications. Have you heard of a uh, wireless desktop?
0: No, I will try it though. This is gonna it is make wireless.
1: your this is gonna make your day. You oh, ready for this?
0: Thank you. Yes, okay. I have my day. All right, wireless desktop.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh. So it's it's actually called Virtual Desktop, and oh, that's
0: in inside of VR. You're talking about, right?
1: Yes. Um. But have you used it? Do you? No. No,
0: I haven't because so here, I, I have the plug. I have the long cord.
1: So so here's why it's here's why it's awesome is that you can stream mm-hmm. VR games with the Virtual Desktop from your PC onto your onto your Quest headset. Um
0: is it as fast as having that i have that tether that they it's
1: they it. pre- yeah it's 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 just, just as just fast as the tether especially especially yeah if you get if you get a um 6g router like a little router you can get 5g or 6g routers and if you plug that thing in and that thing is corded to your computer right so if you have the computer tethered etherneted in and you yeah. have a wireless wireless router just I hitting that I did motion
0: capture yeah right on yeah.
1: so this thing is amazing what's really cool about it is you can stream steam games so steam vr and you can play things like half-life alex and since you've got like the space of a barn you can literally you can literally have a giant walking space and have the best Mm -hmm. of like triple a production uh half-life alex and you can walk around the environment while streaming virtual desktop um and the playing the vr games so
0: cool i'm gonna do that thank you
1: yeah, thank totally. You.
0: I thought it would be just, you know, kind of laggy doing that. So that's why I just got the tether. Right it's, on. Okay. It's pretty on
1: point. Yeah. As long as you get like one of those 5Gs or the 6G ones that they have out right now, because uh the quest can do 6G, um, you'll you shouldn't have any problems with lag. Um right yeah, totally. So
0: thank you. Gotta, gotta oh, stay geeky that. with it.
1: Yeah, totally. And I totally I totally <laughs> agree. I was using the tethered for a while, then someone introduced me to the, the virtual desktop. Originally it was on side quest. Um, but now, because of App Lab, um, I think uh, they just brought it over to the mainstream, and so now. Um,
0: I think I saw it on stream. So. Uh,
1: yeah. Are you? Are, I don't know yeah. The same one. Yeah. Are okay. you familiar with the, with the App Lab? Have you, have you heard no. about that? No. No. So, so there was like, this thing. Well, well, I'll tell you a little bit about it, and then we're going to hop into your journey and talk about things. Before, 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 right we'll, on. Yeah. So, App Lab is huge. What's going okay. on right now with Oculus and App Lab is huge. Here's why. Oculus came out with the model of um, iPhone and Apple, which means I have a beautiful walled garden. If you want to get inside my walled garden, you better be pretty awesome, functional, and all those bells and whistles. You're not going to come into my store unless you've got all your things ticked out. That's what I want from you. And that's what that was Oculus's plan, curated, high quality content. There was a need. The need in the background was I'm a developer and the best headset ever is the Quest to develop on, but I can't get into your store. So SideQuest came out as a byproduct, SideQuest VR, as a way to satisfy developers, to be able to make an easy and frictionless way for developers to get their games and applications side-loaded onto the headset. So it wouldn't be on the store, but then you could load it up and you could be in there. That all of a sudden created this crazy VR ecosystem for content for VR developers. And then everybody was sharing in there. At first it was the wild, wild west and there was like a lot of like, we'll call it not safe for work content that was floating around in there.
0: All that (laughs) stuff.
1: That's how it all starts and then it builds up. Um, But then it got more and more official, got bigger, bigger and bigger. Oculus started to take notice and Oculus just partnered up with SideQuest VR and came out with their own version of SideQuest called App Lab, which allows you to put your headset, um, your VR quest game into this kind of like pseudo testing ground area where you can share these APK links Love and stuff it. like that, make it okay. super easy for you. And that is kind of like now the testing grounds for Oculus and the Canary in the coal mine was SideQuest. And so App Lab came out. Virtual Desktop was on SideQuest because they weren't allowed inside the store, but because of the validation through SideQuest and all those other types of things in App Lab, they now got brought into the official store. And so it's kind of like approving grounds um, from A, B to C. Man, so. thank
0: you. You're a wealth of information. <laughs> so Cool. I'm going to be Googling that for like two hours yeah. after this. <laughs>
1: have fun. Have fun. It's a thank lot you. of fun. It's all great content, man. And that's, but that's, that's the, that's the world of VR. It's ever evolving quickly. Yeah. And so it's nice to have conversations like this because then we yeah. stay in the know, we exchange knowledge, we go back and more. Well, mine more is like the geeky development side. I would say yours is a lot more of art animation and instructions. Um, I would love to, if you first could tell, um, just just tell me and, and anybody who's listening just a little bit about what you're currently doing. I know, I know a little bit about your background, but what are you currently doing? And, and how are you currently helping the next generation get into the world of virtual reality?
0: Currently, I'm experimenting in the VR space by trying to do a live action movie. I love how quickly you can get something done. So I'm playing around with the motion capture with a Rococo mm. and uh, trying to do some of the lip sync. And put that on characters that I create in ZBrush Core or ZBrush. Uh, I have a script that I got some primary funding for, so I'm just gonna try to play in that space. I love the theater and the round feeling,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so kind of playing with that. And then what I'm doing for other people is when I learned something, teaching it at the IVC Interactive Media Arts Program, Irvine Valley College in Irvine, California. Mm -hmm. And students there are just learning basics because it's a two-year college and it's just entry level. And it's mostly for kids who are really interested in doing digital arts, but they are just not ready for a four-year college. So they're finding themselves and we have great success pointing people in an enthusiastic direction of what they want to do and they move off to the four-year colleges or they go indie
1: yeah yeah i mean indie is a great way to go if you can get into a triple a it's it's a great basis but the chances wow. in there you, gen- yeah. you generally need a lottery a, a, well you need yeah a portfolio of work which is usually where hackathons and those types of things come in you got to show me what you can do um, on those grounds, and then you can get into AAA, learn standards, and come back in. It's hard sometimes because if you go into the indie word, world, you don't know best practices, you don't know best standards, you don't right. know like you don't know product flow, you don't know any of those types of issues. And so you can cut your teeth doing it yourself, or you can go to like school and learn some of the practices, or you can ideally win the lottery and go to a AAA studio, get best practices, and then spin out with your friends and try to do something on your own, which is all.
0: Yeah, we try to aim them towards four-year specialized programs.
1: Mm. What are some four-year specialized programs that, that you know that are of um, that is a direction you try to send them in after your two-year?
0: Well, this will sound like advertising for other schools, but uh, I think that a really good place for people to go after us is maybe DigiPen for the type of student that we collect. Mm-hmm. And if they want to stay local, there are a lot of great state colleges like uh, Cal State uh, Fullerton
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Cal State Northridge nice they get access to a lot of great equipment for a low price and i try to advise them to stay away from the cost of a private four-year school just because we break down how much they pay back in tuition once they graduate and i want them to see that their rent and their and their loan payment can sometimes be the same Price and we try to evaluate what the best place for them to invest their time and money is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know for Cal State Fullerton it was good for business. I was there for business and did all that fun right stuff. On. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm an alumni from there. And uh, I, although That's a great I, school. It, was, it was a great school for business, it was before the VR generation, about a decade early. Uh, oh, for the wow. VR side. So you seem I missed... so much
0: younger than that. I, I would think we would just gotten out of there.
1: I moisturize. That's how no, I do it. That's how right? I get around it. No, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was just a bit it was just a bit ahead of ahead of, ahead of the thing. So but it's um I didn't know that they had a, a strong VR program over there. Do they have a lot of equipment animation.
0: and animation? Digital art and animation. So more from the art side. Mm-hmm. I would from the technology side, but they have yeah. the toys and then they can certainly if they're more into the technology side, there's always USC. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. USC's got a great program as well. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, because yeah. I did a hackathon over there. The with um you're talking about some of the tools that we kind of brushed on. I want to look back at. You mentioned ZBrush. Uh do you want to kind of just explain just a little bit about the one, what ZBrush is and maybe a couple of the other like art tool pieces that kind of sure, go into this?
0: Sure. Uh ZBrush is a pretty common tool for doing organic modeling. You can approach it like a sculptor which is kind of nice. You don't have to approach it like a builder, like you do in Maya. And you start with a sphere or another primitive, and you're able to use your pen to push and pull and add detail. Whereas in um, Maya, it it was more of um, extracting polygons and keeping an eye on how they separated uh, when you were going to put your, image on it but things have evolved so much that if you don't want to do zbrush core there's a lot being done in blender and yeah, yeah it's approach so i have to spend some time learning that but man, you're always spending time training on a new tool that's the frustrating part as an artist because there's always something new to play with
1: it's a challenge because oh. what's it's an ever-evolving thing. And so like when you get into it, it's like a flowing river. And so like ZBrush, yeah. I, I used to use ZBrush a little while ago. I mean, it's more fluid. It feels more organic, like you're call, like you're yeah. carving clay, right? Maya, you're talking, it's kind of got more of that industrial feel to it, where it's kind of used at more of like, you can do so much with it, but it's got all these bells and whistles and trying to understand it is like, it's a it's right. a deep, deep well of knowledge. Too I mean, much more than,
0: powerful to start out with.
1: Yeah, versus like... Well, even...
0: and now there's some really cool stuff. You can do the 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 scanning, you know, mm-hmm. try a little bit. And that comes in with a texture, which is awesome. Are you talking um, about immediate? physical model scanning? Like... Yeah, what is it? T-R-N-I-O or T-R-N-O, the scanner you can do on your phone. So you can model something and then just do a huh. 3D scan turnaround and then import it as an OBJ and it has texture.
1: Oh, nice. So it does an OBJ export. And so you can, I mean, you can bring that to Maya. You can probably bring that to Blender too.
0: Oh yeah. Into anything. And it that's a, a great tool that's been out for a while. Um, oh, that's cool. And then also, have you played with Adobe Medium yet? Or Quill?
1: I haven't played with Quill. I know uh, my next podcast in two days with somebody has a lot of experience with Quill. We'll wow. talk on talk in a minute on that.
0: Tochi um, or Tochi? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, so I haven't, but I haven't, what's, what's Adobe Medium? What is that? Is that the same thing as Quill? Well, or is that?
0: That's a, a lot like ZBrush, mm. where you can sculpt in a VR space. So you put on your, your and I just started playing with that a couple of days ago. Very easy to pick up. They have some good tutorials online. And you manufacture it in front of you with two hands, but it's a lot like squirting out whipped cream. And then... <laughs> you know, pushing and pulling the whipped cream and molding yeah. it into a, a, a space. So yeah. it's not exactly like ZBrush where you pull out from one sphere, but you kind of paint the form and squish it together and then pull out uh, with with different tools. Yeah. Whereas in ZBrush core, it's a lot like adding clay. And mm-hmm. this one, um, I think you use the move tool like you would the clay tool, Yeah. but I can't remember exactly which one, but yeah
1: it sounds a little bit like i don't remember if familiar, you tried out google blocks
0: i have not but i will now google this blocks
1: this is this is like you know how you know the term programmer art like programmer art is when a programmer tries to make art oh, it's right. just the most basic thing yeah. google blocks came out for like um it's like a super dumbed down, very, very basic version of an artistry tool allowing for developers and other people to make art, but then it exports into OBJ or other things like that. I believe Not it's really, yeah, yeah, but it's very, very basic, but it's also like, it's like it was meant for mobile. So a lot of it's really highly optimized. Um, I taught a Great. thing at, yeah, at MIT for one of the hackathons, how to use that, how to make a shape and then bring it into unity and take that unity thing, put it into VR and out the door you go. Um, But it's basic. It's not, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, if, if, uh, if you had Maya and you had like a full equipment of artistry equipment, it's like me giving you a box of crayons, you know, I'm going, here, here you go. Would you like to make some art? You yeah, know.
0: but that's where true creativity comes to <laughs> play. We gotta have some boundaries. I mean, it sounds like you got some little boundaries, which is nice. Yeah,
1: <laughs> lots of boundaries. So but anyways, that's but that was a bit of my world with with, with that, with using that out of it the necessity was. of being more programmer. So um so cool. so just 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 looking at a couple of these things. So we're just just so people can get the lay of line, and then I want to jump back to the we're talking about the live action. You had you talked about um there was the Z brush, right, which was a kind of like um organic style painting talked about Maya being more industrial more like higher end high quality output Um, yeah you
0: can do some crazy cool stuff but yeah it's it's probably better for hard surface modeling Mm
1: -hmm. so more more inorganic shapes kind of thing yeah 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 I mean it it
0: just depends on your skill level I mean there are some great geniuses who who do great stuff in both of them just for me my personal experience
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm amazed at humans' talent and ability to build stuff. I just look at like oh, sand yeah. castles online. So, but when you're talking about Adobe <laughs> Medium, what it made me think about was the um, was the Google Blocks of like the, the the being able to pulling out shapes. Right, you make a square, you can pull right. up square, it turns into a cube, um, that kind of yeah. kind of thing. So, I, I haven't checked it out yet, but I think I think Adobe Suites as the online SaaS model product where you can get all the Adobe products is one of the best right. bangs for bucks. Um, cuz you can get photoshop illustrator premiere and apparently oh. Game.
0: oh yeah and what is it where you can uh, upload a, a bipedal model and they'll rig it for you and add the animation yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: what a benefit
1: yeah that was that used to be called um, Maximo? Mix, the- miximo
0: yeah. miximo yeah
1: yeah you could be what you could take t- uh well miximo was the original name and it got acquired yeah. by Ocu- uh, sorry not by Oculus. it got acquired by adobe and then Adobe called it something else, like Adobe Animations or Adobe something-something. Okay. I don't know. I think so. But what you're talking about for that, just to, in, when listening to that, uh, Mixamo was the original name of it, and it has all of these avatars, human, human-shaped avatars that were already rigged. And if you want to bring a character into a, into a, a game, um, into a game engine like Unity, they need to have, it needs to be rigged uh, in a certain like T-pose shape so that you can right. animate it, right, and then you can put in the walk function or the idle function or any of these other types of things, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a lot of experience with like modeling and rigging or an- Oh yeah. I, yeah?
0: Like uh, I wish I could grab, I should have oh. pulled it out for you. Yeah, well here, like this is something from a character from Propolis. I got the mom bomb mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And what um, she is, is a, she's just a woman that's ready to blow. All right, she's just, <laughs> she's like a Karen, you know? And uh, <laughs> what I did is I, I sculpted her in the basic T-pose. Yeah. And um, then I brought it in to Mixamo mm-hmm. and I added some motion capture to it, exported it out as an OBJ so I could get a quick pose like this. Cause she started out like this. If I yeah. had it with me, I'd show you. Uh, so, yeah, I do a lot of sculpting and I use a lot of different software to do different tricks to speed up my process.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So you put her, you originally had her rigged inside Mixamo, right? And then you had her take that 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 animation pose of looking like she's going to sumo slam somebody.
0: Yeah, uh, and, then and then I sculpted over to get the muscle groups right. So I sculpted her originally, you know, this is not one of the downloadable um, women you know, in any software or anything. It's one I made from scratch and I still have to work on her fingers and stuff, but I concentrated a lot on muscle groups and I wanted her to be fleshy and, and kind of real. And then when I posed her, I wanted her to be accurately, you know, standing and she mm-hmm. comes out standing perfectly. Unfortunately, you can't see it, but it, maybe on here.
1: It, and you sculpted her with, what was it again? Maya? Z brush, Z brush. Yeah. sculpted in Z brush. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: And just, you know, playing with different things. And then and then Scott, my husband, Marezen printed it and um, I, can, I can have her whatever size I want. But then I'm thinking of other things I can do with something like this. Like I have um, some projection mapping equipment and I'm really interested in creating sort of an interactive experience with the projection mapping and, you know, Unreal and um, 3D printed objects and seeing what how they could create like a new space.
1: Oh, interesting. So you want to take like um, uh, a projection map. So you want to take a? uh, Do you like hook it up to like a Kinect sensor so it can tell what you're doing in real life and then project it onto the wall? No,
0: they've got some great projection map, uh, projection cameras right now. Projection projectors, Mm. where I think it's called Lumenics or Lumantic, Lumen Uh or something, where it does the mapping for you. You could create a three D. wall, you know, some 3D elements on it, like maybe a cube or something. And what this mapper does is that it determines the geometry that's coming in the Z space. Mm -hmm. And then it creates sort of a a mat on your, uh, maybe an After Effects file that you bring in. And then you take your animations or your other art or your video and you skew it in to these squares or whatever elements you have and then when a projection maps it does animal animal force any anim, ah gosh it's a word that i learned from the quail brothers way long ago old term for where you would take a projection along a uh animal anima animal anima forces anima, ah, sorry what does aware. it do it stretches the image so that you see it as if it were normal. Got but it. on a surface, that might be like this.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, so if you're, so for example, just to describe the, the term, if it was looking at the corner uh, where two walls meet and, and, right. and, you, and you're looking at it, and so if someone was standing in the corner, instead of it looking like a poster that's just been bent over the edge of it, right. it reshapes the perspective yeah. of you. the actual I'm image. Clear. Okay. I get what you're saying. And it was called, and it seems like I Googled it lumen and forge. Yeah. Lumin and Forge is a projection mapping thing. I, I just Google yeah. it right now. And this looks really cool. So it looks yeah. like what they did is like like back in the day, you'd have to kind of, um, you'd have to basically program Hotwire a connect to a yeah. game engine to a to a projection mapping system. And so someone basically streamlined that process. Absolutely, and, any and idiot I, can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, yeah, that's how it was it's with three sixty video. School. Yeah, like back in the day, you'd have to take three sixty video and you had to stitch together twelve. You know, I zero uh, cameras, hero cameras yeah. right? And I used right. to do that. It was terrible for clients and stuff. Now you click a button on like the Samsung 360, and bing, you know, you're now all together. Yeah, right. Yeah, on. yeah. yeah. How this fast is cool. it all goes. S- say what?
0: That's how, that's how fast it all changes, right?
1: Yeah, it's just it changes some some problems, and and that's the thing is like these tools get created, and other people like go, this takes a long time, and then someone else figures it out, and they go, oh, okay. And, and so that's that's the the beauty of it do you do anything with like art inside virtual reality or inside the space yeah you, yeah?
0: yeah but i'm i'm still i'm not i haven't published anything yet um mm-hmm. but i'm working on a short with this character and uh sort of a, a revelation she has and i'm waiting for some new equipment to to test with her and bring her mm-hmm. into another environment but I, i'm Doing a lot of tests right now. Sure, doesn't really count as much. But I'm going to be trying Unreal Engine. I just Mm. love love the the lighting you can get in it.
1: It is it is beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful the uh, everything looks wet. That's the best way I can explain it. If you think about it as as Unity, like Unity moist because you just the the reflections on it and all the lighting can do it. It is it is unbelievable. Yeah. Unreal versus Unity. Unity, you can do a lot more. It's a lot more programmer friendly. There's a lot of yeah. like um, yeah. plugins you startup can download. Friendly. and Yeah. Startup friendly, things like that. Yeah, but if you're going to make a first person shooter, um, uh, Unreal, or if you're going to make like a a, a a movie of some kind, like Unreal is so beautiful. Wow.
0: Yeah. Some great tools, right? Yeah. And I just saw somebody yesterday post, uh, post something that allows you to cheat The anamorphic camera, which is going to be kind of cool to play with. It's not a real anamorphic lens, Mm -hmm. but it's a nice cheat of the halos in it and of the. It kind of compresses a vastness, but then you got to have a monster graphics card. Who has that right now?
1: Um, Interesting.
0: Yeah. but you can do great films, and that's why I'm approaching it. I want to use it as a film tool.
1: Yeah. So then, talk to me about your process in terms of. So you have this—you have this short you're working on, um, mm-hmm. and how do you say it in plural? How do you say it, How do you say the short's name?
0: Oh, propolis. Propolis, propolis. was done in yeah, that was done in two D, mm-hmm. and that was hand drawn animation, but that was also used in some more progressive festivals like um, uh, Denver DiGiRotti, and mm-hmm. they have another name as well, and it's escaping me where they. Uh, you put it up on an LED screen, huge LED screen on top of a building and wrapped it around a building. And it had to be specially processed to fill this new screen. So, this next one that I'm doing is kind of built off of some of the same characters, mm-hmm. but it's a, a, a different type of film. And I want, I'm going to experiment to see which one I can succeed at because it's only me. And I'm gonna to try to build the film to be something you can experience in VR, but if I can't pull it off, then I want it to be something I can pull out and show in a theater because the, the rendering is so beautiful and I can get away with so much with the motion capture and use it as a production tool.
1: Got it. So then it's kind of a reimagining of the old world propolis from 2D to 3D with a kind of a new story, new plot line.
0: Yeah, new story, yeah. new plot line, but they, mm. they are essentially the same, mm. but... Um, I couldn't use the the young girl from Propolis much longer because Propolis part seven gets deep into some psych, psychedelic stuff and psycho stuff. So mm-hmm. the, the parents um, felt it wasn't the right thing for her to be in. So I'm gearing the story more towards the mother's point of view in uh, Afterlife is Life, which is the, the film I'm doing. Got it.
1: So then, um, I would love to learn just a little bit about your process. Of right now, you're trying to create this. It's an experiment, right? I mean, all art is somewhat of an yeah. Experiment. You see what you end up with. Yeah, and so how does like how do you go from do you script write it? Do you then do mock-ups yeah. in VR? Do you do test? Do you do do you do storyboarding in VR? What does your process look like up to and and what does that testing gate look like?
0: You know, I think I'm like everybody right now. I'm just experimenting with everything because story is so different in VR. I want to build on the empathy. Mm -hmm. I want to play with sound. Sound is going to be one of the more major components in this piece for me. Mm -hmm. I am not going to concentrate so much on this rich, fully immersive environment, but rather more of a... Technique that will play on empathy. And that's why I want to do it in VR because I want you to be an observer that almost feels like they are uh, feeling it. Yeah. I don't know if I'll pull it off. We'll see. But to get there, I am doing a standard script, I am doing uh, a standard animatic to plan out my shots. Because I always have that back door where if I do all this work and it doesn't work in VR, I can put it on film. But after that, once I have that in place, I'll, I'll, I'll have some firm footing. I'll have a, a playground, you know? Hmm. And then I can say, as I work, what works and what doesn't.
1: When you say animatic, is that is that, uh, is that a That's still a shot? Huh?
0: That's a term for loose drawings strung together into a film. It's like storyboards that move.
1: Mm, okay. And you add your
0: sound to it. And that gives you a blueprint of the experience you want to create. And it's sort of like when you make a game, a board mm-hmm. game, and you start out with just little cards and a piece of paper and you, you test out your board game. Yeah. That's what an animatic is. You just test out if anybody gets your story.
1: It's a paper prototype. Yeah. That's, that's Yeah. That's a, 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 a video. The, I know. I, uh, so then, so the paper prototype is just like, it's like instead of every frame, it's every 10 frames or something like that. And then. Yeah,
0: or one image for maybe, Thirty seconds, or ten seconds, or whatever your your shot is, mm. and however developed you want to go. Some people get really mature.
1: Mm. And what are you looking for? Are you looking for emotional resonance with people? Like that? Like you 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 you're, you're showing them the experience, and then you're kind of like in the background, like adding your own you know manual voiceovers. Or what are you looking for when you're showing us animatic to to know that you're you're moving in the right direction?
0: I want to elicit emotion, and I'm going to have several events within it that um, I think will inspire emotion. Mm. I am just experimenting with things that you feel when you're in a, a contained space and you are vulnerable. Mm. So this, is, this, this is about the vulnerab- vulnerability of a character. So I'm going to pull that into the space and just see if I can get, make you feel that way. Because when I made my first animation family tale, I, I really was taken aback by watching an entire theater of people weep. I touched on a subject that that was very primal to them. And I thought, wow, I was able to do that with a 2D image on the wall. I was able to, and, and all these people came up to me afterwards. I mean, and they were crying and, um. I think I could do that even in a stronger way in virtual reality, because you don't have the distraction of the person next to you. You're not hiding your tears from the person in front of you or behind you. You are in it. And in a way you're you're kind of catching your breath, like comparing it most simply to some of those great VR um, uh, tests that you can do when you go to conferences, where suddenly you're in VR and you're at the edge of a of the of a building, you know? It's that the kind plank. of thing that Yeah. Yeah, walking the plank. Yeah. I just think you have that opportunity with VR so much like with the one you did that that was so, so cool. Where I Would pop I my head up and I'm looking at a rat, you know? That stuff's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I
0: still think of that. That you're was so much. Head, fun. You're looking at
1: oh my God. I know what you're talking about. It was I think it was a large possum. I think it was, was a large... it
0: really. I mean, a, you don't get that opportunity
1: that a, very often. That was a, it was a, we were like in a tunnel and there was like a hologram yeah. pirate and that kind of stuff. You guys were yeah. in the back room I
0: and mean, it was so immersive. Yeah.
1: What we did with that is that was a project for a client um, when I was the lead developer on part of this um, innovative toy um, studio. And what we did, we, we took a whole bunch of cardboard boxes, yeah. like cardboard boxes, we put them on their side and then we had Disney Imagineers inside there make it look like a cave, right? Yeah. And we talked about stitching 360 cameras. We ran a, we ran a couple of different camera rigs through there um, on this thing and then we overlaid that with like After Effects type of graphics for like smoke and things like that to cover up the seams and then yeah. spiders would come in, there was a giant possum and then we hologram videoed a pirate dude and brought him in there. But because from the perspective of being the little camera it looked like you are in a big cave but you weren't in the big cave. You were actually just this little tiny rig, uh, being being you know on like a little like um, dolly through this environment. Man, that's old. That's that's years ago. And it
0: made an effect, and yeah, I'm, I I'm looking at that. this from the artist's point of view. I I, I have trouble keeping up with the technology because I'm in the back room trying to learn it all, and everything changes while I'm learning stuff. But that emotional impact is what I'm looking for and i thought you guys got it with that that was pretty cool,
1: cool. i thought oh wow i'm 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 glad you remembered this. i'm just it didn't, it didn't see too much light of the day so I, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it man, that was fun That was so fun yeah we put that on people,
0: app labs
1: no. <laughs> i know right there's uh but you're talking about i mean you're right uh is amazing for empathy right you can scare the crap out of people yeah. you can have them feel all the feelings you can have yeah. them feel like they are that person um, so what are, the, what are the emotions you want to give in this, in this, in this uh, VR film you're creating? Do you know? Is it terror or claustrophobia? or?
0: It, it's a lot of that because my main character is modeled on one of the first women uh, sharpshooters. Mm-hmm. And she was evil to the core. But I'm exploring her backstory and I'm giving her one. And I'm uh, also evolving another woman that needs to get rid of her ghosts type huh. of thing. So I'm kind of exploring um, what stresses women out and what makes them into these uh, extremes that people experience mm-hmm. and pulling out a story of how a woman evolves out of it.
1: Interesting. Was that a Russian or a German sniper? It was Russian,
0: yeah. Russian woman. Russian. Yeah.
1: yeah, she like took out a bunch of people. Oh yeah, right? she was brilliant. I she was the top one. I remember remember seeing a post about her. I don't remember anything about it other than I was like, "Oh, she's like gangster, like in yeah. terms of like that, 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 that. That's incredible. incredible." What What inspired you to pick her? Was that just because she? It's such an intense, unique story to tell. Or what? What was the genesis of wanting to?
0: I identify with her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Noted
0: noted. We all all feel those extreme emotions. And I just, uh, I think she's so fascinating. How can, I mean, women are are traditionally thought of as the empathetic one that stays home and and Mm. creates creates the happy place. Um, What happens when she's allowed out of that? And I mean, what are women really? Are they, are they, because when I was, I used to work in defense and defense and foreign affairs and, and journalism and stuff. And and um, one of the things I picked up along the road there, while going to all these gun conferences, was that uh, if there was a female terrorist in a group of terrorists, the female is was the one you would kill first because they were the most aggressive, and they had the the bloodlust. They would they were they're like a female. I mean, I don't mean to make a a, a canine observation, but you have a female dog, they will lay down their life for you. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that is the dog that protects you. And um, the same thing for a female terrorist, they are known to be quite devious and, and, and after you. So
1: interesting. And, and I mean, looking at that and looking at the things of, well, there's um, social decorum, a social situation where women are providers they are empathetic. But then what happens if they take because they're more intuitive, essentially, for the most part, but speaking in generalities, women generally are better, they're they're more intuitive and they they can more get into the minds of other people, just and that seems to be the case. Right? Right? Because men use their strength primarily, women use their cunning, if you want to call it that. Yeah, because
0: we don't have the strength, yeah. Right?
1: But we work with what we got in us being social creatures, that's why we have an over. Develop prefrontal cortex. It was a social conditioning that we use as a way to understand our social right hierarchies, on. right? And but so you're saying what happens if you take that instead of apply it towards? I wonder if Timmy's not feeling well and he's got a stomachache, and you're paying more attention to that. You can use your intuitions to be able to get almost a sixth sense above um, men to a degree because you have that. Um, that capabilities, but it's just never turned on. You don't ever switch. It doesn't normally
0: switch. It's focused switch. elsewhere. It's focused yeah. to, yeah. you know, do we have enough food for the next three weeks? How do we hunt and gather that food? But uh, we had the situation up here, this'll make you laugh, where we had somebody who was trying to rob us
1: mm. and
0: we, you know, our neighbors figured it out and they cornered these people and we had no idea. We were just sleeping in the house. Whoa. Yeah, and, uh, so then, you know, we put up all the cameras and stuff, and then one day I went out to the mailbox late at night, and it was dark, and this person was, ghost, you know, coming by me and stopped, had the dark windows, wouldn't roll them down and talk to me, just, you know, you know, stayed there with the motor running, and they thought they could scare me by the post box, and that's when those EDD checks were coming out, and maybe they thought that we got an EDD checks, we, we, we don't get those, we didn't, but maybe he was taking out everybody that was getting them. And um, that's what the police thought it was. But I yelled at this guy and I came at him and I, you know, I acted like the whole picture thing and mm. turned on the full Karen thing. And he didn't expect that. And then he races off. Well, I got enough of his information to recognize him when he was doing donuts down in the cemetery below us. And um, my husband and son are in the car. And I knew where he was going to drive next because he drove off when he saw somebody get to come down the hill. And I hunted him in the cemetery and found him when he was coming around. And my husband had the steadiness to get his picture and he full on full frontal. We got him and his license plate and caught the guy. Wow. And then our neighbors had information that the same person was the one that was, you know, trying to break into our house. I think that is a female trait that they can hunt in that manner. They can kind of predict actions but i could be just making this up but for me that's a skill that i can predetermine somebody's moves pretty easily you you
1: know and it's i don't ever like speaking in generalities that men are good at this and women are good at that but i mean it's all based on individual really but it does seem it does seem that that women are a bit more intuitive in the sense that they can they can look they empathize more so but it, it is it's like it's like They had there's like the there was some movie that came out. What happens if Superman was bad, right? And like you see, like like the boys, the guy glowing red eyes looks like a demon. It's like what if all those intuitive powers of a female was used not to to empathize, (laughs) but to 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 lay the ground routes of your own destruction. Yeah, which is I mean, yeah, that's that is terrifying. But but that's what a hunter is. They they get into the mind of the of the animal, the, the animal that you're hunting. And then you but see that's the a male images.
0: thing the, the men did the hunting so'm i could be making a totally wrong assumption it's,
1: it's interesting it, it's it's an, it's an its an interesting play. so you you looked at that you were fascinated by it you understand like what happens if if women were truly free even in the darkest sense of the way and then that seemed, that was the genesis for the story that you would almost give people or women or anybody the sensation of what it was like to be that woman in that yeah. storyline to see yeah. What would it like to? Ooh, interesting.
0: That's what I'm going for.
1: That's interesting. And,
0: and I took some great writing classes with a guy. Uh, in, I know you, you're interested in story. Uh, mm. There's this guy, Jack Grapes. He kind of gets you to this level of writing. Jack, Grapes. I, Jack Grapes? Jack Grapes. Yeah, you can Grapes. look him up. Jack Grapes. And he, he brings you to a level of writing that I think really appeals to the VR space because he engages you to um, a subconscious writing technique, which is, I could say, something that's more likely to engage empathy with a reader. Uh, you, it's not like method acting, but method writing. So, is it, so,
1: so, you're, so you're writing not on what you're cognitive thinking, but what you're feeling? And so you're removing the the, the the limitations of thinking. You're more writing directly through the emotions. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Um, it's it's more complex than that. Sure, I am sure. trying to consolidate it. and he's got a couple of books out that you can get on Amazon, but what, really what, the look up Jack Grapes on Amazon and it's sure. the method method journey or the method Writer's journey or something like that. Okay. not the method journey, but method. Sure, and sure. Um, he's got two good books out. But really, the secret sauce is attending his lectures and making him yell at you a couple of times because he does. And he forces you to tell the truth. And all story needs to be based on truth. But he forces you to find your truth, and you end up crying and trying. You write. There's a specific process you go through where you journal, okay, mm-hmm. and then you have to find. Um, I forget the name of the actual sentence, but. Uh, some transition word or something like that. And then you burrow down into that and you burrow down into that and you burrow down into that until you're at a point where you're really pouring out some observations that are interesting.
1: Interesting. It's uh, advanced method writing.
0: Yes. There you go.
1: Advanced method writing on Amazon. And then
0: just a regular method writing one. You got to start out at the beginning part and you got to start out at the beginning course. You cannot assume that you know, Enough to go beyond the, the first course, because he will bring you places, and it's and it's mm-hmm. cool. And that's where I found this character and evolved her into this story.
1: That's cool. Yeah, it, there is. I don't know if it is a guy tendency, but i have like, I don't need a tutorial. Throw me into the deep end, and then I get thrown a deep end. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Why doesn't someone tell me what to do? I don't get yeah, it.
0: Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but sign up for class. It's 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 a worthwhile six to eight weeks, and and you'll find that you pull out some really interesting ideas
1: yeah can you talk to me just a little bit about just the journey from a student coming in uh into your program at at ibc like what you help them with and kind of how you help them get from where they're at to where they want to go by the time they're at the door i'd love to learn just a little bit about how you help people in that
0: that's actually a very personal thing to me because um i built this program because i i stand on a soapbox that this kind of education doesn't have to be expensive mm-hmm. but unfortunately the only places you can find this kind of education costs you a quarter million dollars to go through and it's so unfair to be saddled with that debt so i purposefully left i like i i um i was founding chair of the Hispanic college of art and design animation program um i helped write a bachelor's at another well-known private school and um, worked at a few private schools. I really wanted to go to public school where people could afford this education. And I was fortunate that IBC provided that opportunity and investment. And their MO is that they want all the courses in my curriculum to be without prerequisite. That creates a huge challenge because you want students to take Maya and understand Maya before they move on into something else. Mm-hmm. So instead, the method of instruction I use there is that it's a woven curriculum. Mm. There is going to be some repetitive information in a few classes where they take a few weeks of Maya, or uh, you know, but they take it from a different aspect. You know, they may take a little bit of Maya in the 3D animation course, but that's this sliver, and they may take a little bit of Maya in 3D modeling course, but that's this sliver. But when they take all of them together, they get sort of a pie perspective of creating either film or game. And they don't have to commit to the entire curriculum to get a taste of what they really want. That was a challenge over the years to create. But it was it is now successful because we don't have attrition. When you have a class of 24 Mm -hmm. students, six drop out and and naturally six to eight are going to drop out of every class because it's just not for them. You know, but this allows people to sort of like dance around the subject, and I tell you about eighty percent of the people at least move on to other four-year programs around the place they find themselves. And the reason is because we give them digestible chunks, we give a good foundation on everything, and from that foundation we motivate. Uh, that's that my whole doctor is on motivation. It's uh helping a person find something that they love to do, mm-hmm. and just, just you know, pulling the rubber band back and shooting them in that position, uh, projection. Um, there are a lot of people who come to us lost because they're burnt out by the high school experience or, you know, they, their, their family didn't give them what they needed or something like that. And they're, they, they love games. So you see the title of our courses and they jump in because it's a games course. But what they're really experiencing is how they can take control of their own life and create a game that can be published at the end of the course. So they gain agency and they mm. see that they, you know, yeah. so that, that's maybe our secret sauce.
1: That's cool. You're giving them the a, a vertical slice of something that's usable, right? Yeah, so, right,
0: right. Yeah. Whereas in other programs, there is, there's, really, there's this really, there's disdain for my program because uh, another school nearby won't accept transfer students because we don't make them take a year of drawing and then a year of sculpture and a year of this before they get to touch the digital tools. And there is method to that madness as well, but not all animators have to be animators. They can be technical animators. They can be production assistants. They can be involved in some other area of the pipeline and they don't want to go through a year of drawing or in a year of sculpting and all this other stuff. They want to touch the tools and see the magic they can make.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, just give them, the ability to say, "Hey, are you interested in this? Here's a slice. Go go through it."
0: Yeah. That,
1: yeah. What is um, this? Might be a whole other podcast, but what 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 is your 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 doctorate And is it is it behavioral motivations or behavioral? What is the?
0: Well, it's educational psychology mm. with uh, a focus on creativity and motivation, mm. and it's a lot about finding out. Uh, a person where a person can apply active choice. My my he's gonna kill me if I don't get these right. Active choice, persistence, and mental effort, those three measures. And you measure those things to see how a person is engaged. So that's how I design all the curriculum where a student can make an active choice. They can find something interesting to apply the mental effort and they're rewarded for the persistence.
1: Mm, that makes sense. I mean you're 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 engaging autonomy right? Progress, right? right? Which is right. economy, progress, and, and, and the, well, lack of a better term, willingness to suffer. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, find something and, you love and die for it, right? Yeah,
1: like yeah. How that's,
0: let it kill you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, I mean, it's so important, but again, it has to be your choice, and then you have to get that feedback, and, yeah. then, you, and then you've got to be willing to, if you don't compound the effort through progress, then you're never going to progress. You're going to be you know perpetually yeah. at a high functioning level one character when you need that strain to actually progress past the patch of boundaries that's super.
0: absolutely absolutely
1: that's super fascinating what um what ultimately do you want to do with this program like what's your what's your ultimate goal or what are your hopes for this program for people to to go through it
0: well you know i'm working in the limitations of a community college system so mm-hmm where it's going to go is pretty much where it is unless the school decides to invest. And if the school understands its potential and to the honest truth, they didn't even understand what I did for about five years. So, um, I'm glad where it stands. I'm glad they had the faith in me to sort of, uh, develop what they could and, it exists on its own and it delivers a great experience to students as it is. And we have had students in the last two years, I think it was two years ago, I had sabbatical last year, but the year before that, the students were top 10 placers in the IEEE game SIG in Orange County, which I thought was the baddest bad news bear story because these are kids who had one year of training and they were up against master's degree students at Chapman, at uh, uh, UCI. And they created an experience that was ethereal. They made all of their own assets. And the reason they didn't win is because the judges thought that they bought all the assets on the Unity store. But in reality, they made them all. They programmed everything. They designed everything. They got the colors down and everything. And that was not obvious in their presentation. So they were in the top 10, which is awesome but they could have placed had the judges known that they had done that work. And that charmed me because that proved that these kids were motivated. They found their own voice. They, they ran after something because they, 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 they took a bite and then they went after the entire birthday cake and, and chewed that down. And they didn't have a huge debt behind them, but they had a stunning demo reel.
1: That's, that's so. epic. That's
0: epic. Yeah. I, I thought that was. And and, and that's a kind of experience that we can provide. And 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 they don't spend a lot of money for it.
1: It's great. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough to get out of college and all of a sudden you, you you're looking for a job to try to make money and you owe so much money. And then you have this like you don't start from level one, you start like below level one and you gotta bear yourself yeah. out of debt. And then that's it. It's so demoralizing. Yeah, yeah we're um, turning
0: kids into slavery, you know. What
1: um Besides the schooling program, if somebody was getting wanted to get started um, in terms of making art, art, uh, art for virtual reality, I mean, what would be the quickest way for them to get up and running, get some of that autonomy, get some of that feedback, um, so that they can start making some progress on a thing?
0: I think their best investment right now is Blender. It's free, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of open source tutorials out there. They can do anything from 2D to 3D, and and it is progressing so fast. Some of the other programs, uh, there's a lot of under-the-wire programs that are gaining popularity that they just need to Google. It, it's tough to identify one path for everyone because it depends on your vision. I think, geez, you know this. I, VR is the Wild West right now, and there's no rules. So mm. we all need to take our personal experience, find a truth that would be interesting to explain or immerse someone else in and do all the gum and gum wrappers to make it happen. The best place I think to start is by playing other people's games, playing their stories, going to film festivals, seeing what other people are doing and then mash it up. Mm. Start simple, get something done is the biggest advice. Just get it done, even if it's something you know easy because then you got something under your belt. You've proven yourself. Then you can go the next wrong and the next wrong and the next one. And then people will start believing in you and give you a little bit of help. Love that.
1: So yeah, so then sample a bunch of work. Mishmash yeah, some things together. Yeah. Output something small based on that. Gain, get other people's belief to believe in you so that you believe in yourself because mm-hmm. we're sometimes just mirrors to other people's perceptions of us. And yeah. once, once you start to do that, then you get that confidence and you get that momentum. Then you can take on larger bites but if you try to start out the gate with no experience whatsoever, saying I'm gonna make a full-length feature film out the gate, you do gonna, short,
0: yeah, do a short yeah,
1: film, do a short. I love that. Uh that's great. This is all super helpful. I would love to. I'd love to do another podcast with you. One where we talk a lot about human behavior and I'd be that'd be a lot of fun. We can, we can, we can go into that. I think uh, we talked about. That. I was like, I was like, I have a lot of questions. Oh, <laughs> we're running out of time that's right now, cool. for this. but yeah, I would love to. I'd love to go into that. that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the human behavior elements and, and VR and all these other things, empathy driving. I think this is all always super fascinating stuff. But is there any last things you'd like to say or mention before you let people know how they can get a hold of you?
0: Oh, geez. No, just fly that freak flag. That's all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patricia, it is always a pleasure. Uh, thank you, you so much well, for sir. your time. This is awesome. You are and- an
0: inspiration, man.
1: Yeah, you as well. This is great. I, I love it. I've seen you on the journey for a number of years. I think we met at VR film. I don't know when we, how we met. Was it VR film school? What was that?
0: I remember you guys running it and yeah, yeah. Th- that was a great experience.
1: Yeah. But the, but I love seeing the evolution of what you're doing with uh, the, the younger generation helping getting where it's going as well as you working on your own, own projects as well. You got to stay, you got to work on your own stuff to inspire the next generation. So I, I yeah. love all that you do. And yeah, uh, yeah, let's do another one of these and we'll go deep into the human behavior side of things. That'd oh, be fun.
0: it'll get dark.
1: <laughs> yeah. If, if right they on. want to find out more about what you do or how to get a hold of you, how do they How do they look that up?
0: Uh, I have an Instagram mm-hmm. and it's Show, Bunsella Show, B U N S E L L A Show. And I have a website that's Bunsella.show. You can reach me there.
1: Beautiful. Right, that's awesome, Patricia. Have a beautiful yeah. day and I'll you talk too. to you soon. Right. Bye. You too. Bye now. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.